0: You're listening to Fire Ecology Chats, a podcast series by the Association for Fire Ecology.
1: Good morning, everybody. My name is Bob Keane. I'm the editor of Fire Ecology, the AFI journal, and also I'm the host here at Fire Ecology Chats. Today, we have a very special guest, Monique Weinkoop, who had just published a paper in Fire Ecology. Monique, would you want to introduce yourself?
0: Sure. My name is Monique Wyancoop. I am a Region 6 ecologist. I'm part of a two-person northeastern Washington ecology team and stationed on the Colville National Forest. I also do some part-time work with the Northern Rockies Fire Science Network as
1: a fire ecologist and tribal liaison. Very good. Uh, Monique's paper today she's going to talk about is getting back to fire zooms. Sumes, I guess. Monique's going to tell us all about that. Exploring a Multidisciplinary Approach to Incorporating Traditional Knowledge in Fuels Treatment. So Monique, could you please do the correct pronunciation of that and tell us all about your paper?
0: Yeah, um, Sumesh. I start off the paper talking about the meaning of Sumesh, which is a Salish word that the Spokane tribe uses to describe spirit power. It's kind of more... I think that's a really simple description of it, but Sumesh is kind of used to describe a spiritual connection to the land that people have. Actually, my husband and children are Spokane, so I kind of gravitate towards the Salish language because we use it a lot at home. So anyways, I wanted to talk about bringing back that that cultural and spiritual connection to fire. And with the Spokane tribe historically, the role of fire use and the knowledge of how to use fire in the landscape was held by spiritual and cultural leaders. It had different purposes. So women in the tribe knew when to burn certain plants that were gathered by women. They would go out and they would teach that and pass that knowledge down to other future leaders. And it would be the same with men. So there was different roles in the tribe. That fire served with the paper, the main purpose that I wanted to convey to people not so much how to collect data, though that was part of it, but it was also how to apply all of these different facets of fire ecology, the cultural component, you know the human component, and also the fire ecology, the data collection, and the monitoring component to bring them all together to show how we can be collaborative and to work cross-cultural to achieve a common goal.
1: That is what I find this topic incredibly fascinating, bringing what uh, I guess the current word is traditional ecological knowledge into fire management. I think it's one of the great alternatives we have as managers. uh, Yet in the paper, you go ahead and tie this kind of knowledge of fire to traditional, uh, all those traditional knowledge to fuel treatments. Could you expand on that a little more?
0: Yeah, there's so many traditional uses for plants that we could have gotten into. That paper could have been a book, but it was more of trying to show a case study for how fuels managers can look and address the need for fire to manage for tribal cultural values. And so we kind of kept it simple and we used very commonly known cultural plants. So we weren't, you know, publishing a paper that was releasing any sensitive information but just to show the practice of it to show how you know you can interview tribal members with this participatory gis program that we use in a way that talks about their general values that they want to manage for and then how we can go out and monitor and see how our fuels treatments are impacting those values and bring that information back to the participants so that they can see what we have found and kind of have a little bit of a voice in future management. It's kind of an adaptive management approach, how we can change some of our management practices to better manage for those values. So we had just some very well-known plants like bearberry, wild strawberry, and huckleberry, stuff like that, that we could talk about.
1: It's uh, an incredible uh, topic. And after all, who better to uh, tell us or look at uh, for asking advice on fuel treatments is the native peoples who prior to European settlement were were burning a lot more area for fuels than we've done in the last uh, century. So would you like to uh, acknowledge anyone from your paper?
0: Yeah, definitely. There was a ton of players in this paper. The Colville National Forest had received CFLRP or Collaborative Forest Landscape Restoration Program funding, and a big portion of that funding was going towards monitoring. And so they funded a majority of this project, but we also received funding from University of Idaho because this project was completed as part of my master's program. Penny Morgan, Ava Strand, both working for University of Idaho at the time. Penny Morgan's retired now. They put a ton of work into this paper. And then Fernando. He was the GIS specialist that helped us do a lot of the interviews with the tribal members. And Chastity Watts with the Confederated Colville Tribes. She was a key player in getting tribal members to come and participate in their interviews. And my husband, he did a lot of the data collection with me, so I definitely don't want to leave him out. He didn't get paid out of all these people. It's
1: fascinating. What, what What's your next steps?
0: Since this paper went out, we actually... Um, got a call for proposals for project proposals from the Spokane tribe so we were able to do a similar project the Colville National Forest did with the Spokane tribe talking about the same thing just about managing cultural values with fuels treatments and so that was really awesome both projects the the in end product ended up helping speed up collaboration it really benefited collaboration the one we did with the Col- confederated Colville tribes it helped speed up some projects that had been done in the sandpoil project area, some roadside thinning. So it helped them start a discussion with the fuels programs. And then with the Spokane Tribe, they actually used one of the proposed treatments. They did a mastication in a community WUI area on the reservation because of some of the recommendations by the participants. So. I'm really hoping we can do more projects, hopefully with the Kalispell tribe or other tribes, and just show how this is just a tool for sparking discussion, for better managing cultural values, and also the tribes own the data. So the data is not subject to FOIA, and so it becomes a product that helps the tribe, but it can spark that discussion and help keep that communication going between our fire and fuels programs and other programs as well.
1: Well, Monique, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a fascinating talk. I hope you write a book about it, and uh, thank you again.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.